What's up, everyone? Welcome into this final edition this week of Locked On Jayhawks. I'm your host, Sean Kellerman, Learfield IMG College broadcaster and University of Kansas insider. This is Locked On Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, giving you insight, numbers, and a chance to hear from all the voices within Kansas athletics. Hope everyone's had a great week gearing up for the holiday season. Make sure you get your shopping done or at least have an idea of what you're going to get your loved ones for this Christmas season. For our Jayhawks, they've got a game tomorrow against the new Kansas City Roos, formerly known as the UMKC Kangaroos. They recently, in July, rebranded. They want to be known as Kansas City's college team. So the Kansas City Roos, that game will be tomorrow at Sprint Center. And then Kansas has a week off while the guys take finals. December 21st is a battle. It'll be likely the number one ranked Jayhawks taking on another top 25 team in Villanova. That game, 11 a.m. tip, the 21st in Philadelphia. And then the 29th, as Kansas will have a week off for Christmas, 29th KU's back after it. They take on Stanford in California, and that game is at 2. So some exciting games coming up for KU before the Big 12 conference season hits us hard. January 4th, opening at Allen Fieldhouse against West Virginia. So should be a lot of fun. We're going to hear a lot from Bill Self this show. He's going to Uh, talk about how he's going to get creative with two bigs in the lineup when that's the case. He's going to talk about where this team is defensively and compare it to a team of the past that he's had at KU. He'll also give an update on Jalen Wilson as well as the KU freshman broke his ankle way back when and has been rehabbing and coach given a a timetable for Jalen. So stay tuned for that. Of course, we'll go through our Friday five as well as I look to climb back to 500 and we'll take a look around the Big 12 and our NBA Jayhawks. And then the final segment, Coach Self is going to talk about some of the struggles this Kansas team has had in this game particular at Sprint Center. Maybe not necessarily every game at Sprint Center with the Big 12 championship taking place there, but this specific Jayhawks shootout, there have been some struggles, so we'll hear Coach talk about that. And he'll preview the Kansas City Roos as well, who are a 5-6 and six basketball team. First thing I want to get into, those talking about the Jayhawks, Ochai Abaji. Abaji, he's really been a star of the show the last couple games, at least statistically. Against Colorado, Och had 20 points and 12 boards, and he followed that up with an impressive performance again against Milwaukee. He had 22 points in that game and pulled down eight rebounds. So Och averaging 21 and 10 over the last couple games, and maybe that's something we didn't see earlier in the year, especially in the rebounding category. Ochai, a guy who can jump out of the gym, we saw that uh, right in front of us against Milwaukee when he finished off that alley-oop from Devon Dotson with a reverse slam. So Och, he's he's got some bunny hop to him, and we know that he is as athletic as anybody out there on the court at any given time. And for Coach, he's happy with Ochai, and here's Coach talking about number 30. He's playing with a much freer mind. He he still can improve some things uh, passing the ball because uh, I think he's a much better passer than what he's shown. But, uh, no, he's, he's playing with a free mind, and he's not remembering makes or misses near as much. He's just, he's just thinking about playing. And, and to me, he's rebounding the ball, and, you know, you worry about things that you can control, you naturally shoot it better, and he's definitely doing that. Coach has said in the past, too, that if Kansas can get 35% at least from three from Ochai Abaji and Devon Dotson and then 40% from Isaiah Moss, then KU is right where they want to be from beyond the arc. Marcus Garrett has not shot a great percentage from three in his career, but uh, he continues to work on that shot. Hopefully it can at least be a viable force from beyond the arc as well, but 
man, everything looks better when you're hitting shots. And five out of six, the first six threes for Kansas against Milwaukee, three out of three from Ochai and two out of three from Devon, two guys who can really stroke it. And that'd be huge for this offense in terms of opening up the interior and uh, stretching out the defense a little bit as well. One thing we've seen a ton from from the Jayhawks this year, more than we anticipated and even more than Coach Self and the rest of the coaching staff probably anticipated was KU going with the four-guard lineup rather than the three-guard, two-big lineup. Kansas entering this season thinking that the bigs is going to be their biggest advantage over any given opponent with Doak, McCormick, and DeSosa. just really hasn't worked out that way. Part of that is the competition that Kansas has faced and the fact that they're facing a lot of four-guards lineups, so defensively it makes more sense to Kansas for Kansas to match them on that front. But uh, Coach Self, he talked about how the other part is the offense just looks better when there are two, when there are four guards out there. And Coach is saying maybe there's something that he can do to make it a little bit better when KU runs out two bigs. I need to be creative to do some things to make sure that we can keep better spacing and not allow that to happen as easily when those two bigs are in the game. And 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 you know I, I've never been a guy or coach to run plays after a miss. You don't run plays. That's what I think. You know, you flow into what you do. Well, maybe maybe when we play big, maybe we need to run some plays off a miss so because the plays will be designed to keep them apart. You know, maybe doing some things like that to help them more. Uh, uh, but that's not how I've ever wanted to play and certainly goes against how we played. But, but, but still, for this particular team, maybe that would be good for us. That's very interesting as, you know, Coach has always been stingy on defense, but he also likes to get out in transition, maybe not quite as much as the Roy teams that we saw before Coach Self got here, but Coach wants to get the ball off a miss and get running is generally how Coach Self wants to run things. So it'd be interesting. It would definitely be a slower pace if Coach were to get creative and do that, and he wouldn't do it throughout all 40 minutes of a game, but talking about maybe he can get creative and decide – you know, we just got to get to our half-court offense rather than try the transition game when we've got two bigs in there. So very interesting stuff. Other thing that's been a hot topic about this KU team is how locked in they have been defensively. Coach, talking about where this team is, and he compared it to a pretty good defensive team, the 2005-2006 Jayhawks, when they had uh, some pretty good players. Here's Coach. When we had those freshmen, Mario and Julian and Brandon, to go along with Russell and Sash and Darnell and that group, I think we led the country in field goal percentage defense playing three freshmen, two sophomores. Uh, so, th- th- I mean, and we didn't switch. We, we didn't switch anything. So you had to be tough enough to fight through everything, and you had to learn how to show and cover and, and help. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, we won a national championship and never switched anything. So, so to me, I feel like the way that we do it now is, is, is easier to guard other teams' actions because you know switching obviously is harder to screen, uh, uh, but but I, I don't think we have that mindset that those teams had. Not not by any stretch yet. And the core of that team, of course, the guys mentioned, went on to win a national championship a couple of years later with that same defensive mindset. So hopefully, this team we know what they can do on the perimeter with the likes of Devon on the ball, Marcus Garden, pretty much anybody, Ochai off the ball in transition. We know those guys have a lot of talent defensively, so that's been a hot topic as well. Some to continue to watch as the season rolls on. Next segment, we're going to get an update from Coach Self regarding Jalen Wilson, and can Jalen come back at some point this year and be a factor for the Jayhawks? We'll also 
go through my Friday Five and take a look around the Big 12 and the Top 25 as well. And stay tuned for the final segment. Bill Self will talk about Sprint Center and the Kansas City Ruse. This is Locked On Jayhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get to my Friday Five, let's, as always, take a look at the action last night in college basketball. First, the Big 12. Uh, West Virginia had no problem taking care of Austin P. It was 84-53, to Mountaineer victory in Morgantown. A couple Mountaineers with double-doubles. Emmett Matthews Jr. had 16 points and 10 boards. And Oscar Shibwe, the uh, other big that they have, aside from Derek Culver, Shibwe had 14 points and 10 boards. He's a freshman that is going to... Uh, pose a threat for the Jayhawks and every other team in the Big 12. The West Virginia Mountaineers won the rebounding battle 50-28 to in that game over an outmanned Austin P squad. Other game in the Big 12, laying an egg was Iowa State at Hilton. They hosted Iowa, and the Hawkeyes not only defeat the Cyclones in football this year, but they do the same in basketball. Iowa wins it 84-68. to Iowa was up huge in this game. At one point, it was 20-4. to Luca Garza pretty much controlled it for the Hawkeyes. He had 21 points, 11 boards. Tyrese Halliburton, he's continuing to put up numbers for Iowa State, but he's just not getting enough help from the other guys. Rasir Bolton, George Condit, some newcomers to the Big 12. You know, they're nice players, but right now it's it's a lot of Halliburton and not much anybody else for Iowa State as Iowa wins at 84 to 68. Some games going on this weekend, none tonight. But K-State will be at Mississippi State. Central Michigan is at Texas. Nichols is at West Virginia. Lamar at TCU. And Oklahoma is at Wichita State. All of these games are on Saturday. Perhaps the most intriguing of those games, the Sooners and the Shockers, 5 o'clock on Saturday. One Sunday game in the conference as well, Oklahoma State at Houston, where Quentin Grimes currently plays shooting guard. That game is at 2 o'clock on Sunday between the Cowboys and the Cougars. All right, top 25 action. There were no games last night. Tonight, there's one game. Colorado is still ranked 24th in the country. They will not be next week as they lost to Northern Iowa earlier this week in Boulder. They're at Colorado State tonight out of the Buffaloes at 7 o'clock. And then take a look at some of the numbers or some of the the big-time games for Saturday's slate. There are some ranked matchups. First, Oregon and Michigan. Michigan continuing to uh, have a tough schedule as the 10th-ranked Ducks are in Ann Arbor to face the 5th-ranked Wolverines. That game is at 11. 13th-ranked Memphis is at 19th-ranked Tennessee at 2 o'clock Saturday. And 6th-ranked Gonzaga is at 15 Arizona. That game is at 9 o'clock Saturday. Other games in the top 25, number 1 Louisville hosts Eastern Kentucky. Number 16 Michigan State is at Oakland. Number 18 Butler is at Southern. Villanova, number 20, hosts Delaware. Number 12, Auburn, one of the five unbeatens remaining in the uh, NCAA. They're ranked 12th. They're hosting St. Louis. Number 22, Seton Hall is at Rutgers. Number 23, Xavier is at Wake Forest. Number 8, Kentucky hosts Georgia Tech. In an interesting game, I think, number 14, Dayton. They are hosting the Drake Bulldogs, who have a couple nice wins this year, and they, uh, they could pose a threat to the Dayton team. So be interesting to see what that line is when it comes out. Sunday's games with top 25 teams. Number 17, North Carolina hosts Wofford at 3 o'clock. Remember, the Terriers won in Chapel Hill a couple of years back. And then number 3, Ohio State, one of the other unblemished teams. They are at Minnesota Sunday evening 
5.30 p.m. That's a look at the Big 12 and the Top 25. A lot of action going on this weekend. All right, let's get to the Friday 5. Last week I went 2-3 and three to slip one game under 500. 19 wins, 20 losses, 2 pushes since I started this segment. Now there's, again, not a ton of lines out. Some of the lines for Saturday's games really don't come out until late Friday night, which is unfortunate, but we do know that there are plenty of NFL games in action this weekend, and there's some college basketball games going on as well. I'm going to start with two college basketball games. I think you can feel comfortable laying 17.5 for Indiana at home at Assembly Hall against a terrible Nebraska team. This is a Nebraska team that lost by 19 points to both George Mason and UC Riverside at one point this year. I was watching a Nebraska-Creighton game, I think it was last week, and Creighton led that game at one point 37-4, if I'm not mistaken. So Nebraska, not very good. Fred Hoiberg has his hands full as he transitions back to the college game. The Huskers are 4-5. and five. They're 17.5-point dogs. I like the Hoosiers to cover that in Bloomington tonight. Colorado, this is a team that came in to Allen Fieldhouse, ranked 20th in the country. They lose to the Jayhawks, and then they couldn't cover or win against Northern Iowa earlier this week. And Colorado now has to go on the road to face Colorado State. The Buffaloes are minus six in this game, but I still think you should take them. Colorado is too talented to drop another game, and I think they cover the six points. Tyler Bay, McKinley Wright, and company, they're going to take control of this game, and I think this is a get-right game for Colorado. Buffaloes minus six. All right, let's look at the NFL games taking place on Sunday. A couple teams that I've stuck with, and I probably shouldn't continue to do so, but I just like it. Carolina's getting a full seven points at home against the Seahawks. Seahawks have been impressive, incredibly impressive, actually, in one-score games. They're 9-1 this season in games decided by seven points or less, and they're laying seven on the road at Carolina. Yes, Carolina's a mess with Kyle Allen at quarterback and no current permanent head coach, but I'm sticking with the Panthers, plus seven. I think they're going to rise up on their home turf and at least cover the seven against the Seahawks, who I think are still a little bit overrated. I don't think the Seahawks are good enough to win a Super Bowl. They're good enough, obviously. They got the MVP candidate and Russell Wilson. They're winning all these close games. That's good, but a lot of their games are close. I think Carolina keeps it closer than seven. Another team I like, the Houston Texans. They are plus three at Tennessee. There is no hotter team in the NFL than the Tennessee Titans led by Ryan Tannehill, but I'm not giving up on Deshaun Watson and company yet. If I'm getting a field goal, I think the Texans can definitely stay within three. I hope the Texans win that game straight up. I think they're a better team than the Titans, but the Titans continue to prove me wrong, so maybe they can do it again this week. That being said, I like Houston plus three. Other game is also in the NFL. Hate to bet it, but I'm going with the Cowboys. Cowboys, it's a rare day that they are home underdogs. But that is the case. They're one-and-a-half-point dogs at home against the Rams. The Rams are hot. Jared Goff's feeling it. He's got Tyler Higby involved all of a sudden. And the Cowboys, or in the Rams, rather, are looking good. The Cowboys need this win in a bad way. They're 6-7, and seven, tied with the Eagles atop the NFC East. Cowboys are 4-2 and two, uh, under with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Cowboys are 4-2 and two overall and 4-2 and two against the spread when they are home underdogs. So I think that bodes well. I think the Cowboys get right in this game. 
against the Rams, although it might not be pretty. So one more time going through my Friday Five this week. Two college basketball games tonight. Indiana minus 17.5 against Nebraska. Colorado minus 6 at Colorado State. Three NFL games. Carolina plus 7 at home against Seattle. Houston plus 3 at Tennessee. And Dallas plus a point and a half at the Rams. That's my Friday Five. All right, bringing it back to KU Hoops. Bill Self touched on many things at his press conference yesterday, and one of those things was heralded freshman Jalen Wilson, one of KU's top recruits heading into this season. Of course, he broke his ankle very early in the season. Initial timetable was that Jalen could come back maybe late January, early February. Here's Coach yesterday giving an update on Jalen. Jalen's doing fine. He, you know, Like I said before, he's range of motion. He's still uh, uh, in his boot. But he's on the bye. He's doing different things. And I think the boot, I, I don't know exactly the day, but the boot should be coming off here relatively soon. It's been, uh, it's been, uh, uh, I think it's been four and a half weeks, something like that. So, so, so uh, it should be coming off soon. And I, I, I really think we'll have him on the court in some capacity, you know, the first week or two of January. That's great to hear. That is a great timetable. If he could be back in a month or so and potentially be a productive piece for this team moving forward, that would be great. So we'll continue to update on update you on that should any more information about Jalen Wilson come in as Kansas continues to try to get some bench play going with uh, Inaruna and Brown, particularly the freshman. Maybe Wilson, when he comes back, can be a spark as well. Coming up after the break, we'll hear Coach Self. He's going to talk about Tristan Inaruna and Christian Brown, and he'll also preview the Kansas City Ruse as KU Travels to Sprint Center to take on the ruse tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. This is Locked On Jayhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. Well, Joel Embiid uh, clearly heard some of the criticism he was taking from Charles Barkley and company before his game last night as the 76ers defeated Boston, and Embiid put up these numbers, 38 points, 13 boards, and 6 assists. Sixers improved to 19-7. and There was some criticism going around about how uh, Embiid wasn't as good as some of the other top-tier guys in the NBA like Giannis and Harden, or maybe wasn't performing as well. Barkley said something about how he picked the Sixers to go to the finals, and now there's no way that could happen. And uh, Embiid basically said, he's right, I haven't been good enough, but he put up monster numbers last night. Pistons played. Markeith Morris had a pretty good game, 16 points and three boards in 17 minutes. Svee played 12 minutes but did not score. That's the only Jayhawks in the NBA action from last night. Games taking place tonight. Of course, there's games throughout the entire weekend, but tonight's games, Ben McLemore and Houston are at Orlando. Embiid and the Sixers host the Pelicans. Devontae Graham back in action. He and the Hornets are in Chicago to take on the Bulls. Wiggins and the Timberwolves host the Clippers. And Marcus Morris and the Knicks, who had that big win against the Golden State Warriors the other day. They are in Sacramento tonight. Mook had 36 points in 36 minutes for a bad Knicks team that picked up that victory. All right, so let's talk about... Uh, Kansas bench a little bit. We haven't talked too much about them. Of course, we've touched on Silvio DeSosa and how maybe he's still a little bit rusty from having to miss out last year. And 
I'm sure a couple couple more games maybe maybe that'll be it for Silvio to be able to get back on track we know that it took him a while his freshman year of course coming in after playing high school basketball and now he's kind of relearning everything at the college level so Silvio a guy Kansas thinks they can get more production from we talked about how Jalen Wilson could come back at uh, some point in January that would be great to see but we know what we're getting from Isaiah Moss he's going to come in he's going to be a scorer Coach talked about how he wants Isaiah to be even more aggressive offensively. And then he also touched on two other pieces that Kansas needs out of their bench if KU wants to be the complete team they think they can be. Tristan and Aruna and Christian Brown. Here's Coach talking about them. To me, Tristan and Aruna is one of the best athletes on our team. He's one of the best athletes. Uh, but I think he's, I think thinking-wise he gets tied up where he doesn't play to his athletic ability. Christian Brown was the best loose ball getter, extra possession guy we had during the entire months of, of September and October. Nobody close. But we haven't seen that in the game yet because he's just worried not, well, do I get back? Why do I, you know, he's just worried not to screw up. So I think, I think experience will help with that as much as anything. We got to see that pair of freshmen get a little bit more run in the game against Milwaukee. Brown played 15 minutes in that game. Hopefully, similar story tomorrow against Kansas City, who Kansas will be a heavily fav- uh, will be heavily favored to defeat. And uh, speaking of that game at Sprint Center, remember the game last year? Kansas pretty much had New Mexico State beat down and out early in this one, and then they almost gave it away. I uh, remember Mitch Lightfoot was big for Kansas in that game, but it's kind of been a game, like I mentioned at the top, where Kansas has struggled a little bit. Here's Coach talking about maybe some dull atmospheres that he's run into at Sprint Center, and maybe not quite as much energy as he'd like. It's not that the, the attendance is poor. It's not that fans are bad. It's not anything like that. It's just that I think that when you get outside your building in a neutral site-type setting, even though it's not totally neutral, but it could be this this week. I think, you know, sometimes people want to be entertained. Uh, and then when you don't play well or, or play boring and they're not entertained, I think it can become kind of a dull atmosphere. And I think that's kind of what we've had over there. We haven't had that problem in the, in the Big 12 tournament. But but certainly when, when there's when there's more energy and that kind of stuff. But in this particular game, it hasn't been a, a great game for us uh, uh, as far as, us playing well now there's some advantages of playing in Kansas City obviously that we like but 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 as far as us bringing the same energy I don't think we've done that consistently yeah and I'll have to respectfully disagree with anybody who dubs Sprint Center as Allen Fieldhouse East because uh it's not exactly the same atmosphere no disrespect there but it's definitely more of an arena NBA type atmosphere which is totally fine it just doesn't compare at all to the fog. Take a look at the Kansas City Roos. They're just five and six this year. They have two losses to Big 12 teams, both 18-point losses, one to Oklahoma State and one to Iowa State. The Iowa State game, actually, KC kept pretty close until the Cyclones ran away with it. Javon White leads the Roos with 12 points a game, seven and a half rebounds per game. Four others, though, average eight or more points per game, so a relatively balanced squad. They don't shoot very well, 33% from beyond the arc are the Ruse, and how about the rebounding battle? Uh, Kansas City, 364, their opponents, 363. So that's an area that Kansas, certainly with their size, can take full advantage of. One good thing about the Ruse from a Kansas City perspective is that they force nearly 17 turnovers a game. 16.5 turnovers forced, they turn it over themselves about 13.5 times a game. They also have 103 steals, so there's going to be some action on the perimeter. Uh, They've allowed just 64 steals from their opponent so 
pretty good defensive perimeter team looking at the numbers, but Kansas obviously, they bring a much bigger threat than any opponent that Kansas City has faced thus far. Their size, athleticism, defensive prowess, and of course all the talent and tools they have on the offensive end as well. Here's Bill Self previewing the ruse. Their scores are, are pretty, you know, can show that they've really improved. Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't seen all the games yet, but I've, I've watched some. But, you know, that they, when they went to the Bahamas, they played pretty well to beat George Washington and East Carolina. And, and then uh, the team they lost to, if I'm not mistaken, in the finals was Liberty, and Liberty's still undefeated. So uh, they played, and they played Iowa State good. I mean, that score wasn't indicative of how close that game was. So I think that they're playing, you know, pretty well, and they certainly play, you know, Bill plays a, a, a ton of guys, uh, plays, a, I think, 10 guys all double-figure minutes, and, and uh, you know, they have balanced scoring, at least, you know, leading scorers averaging 12. So, so you know, obviously there's a lot of guys between 8 and 12, but, but uh, you know, I think they're, they're certainly much improved. Well, hopefully it's a fun atmosphere tomorrow at Sprint Center, and hopefully the Jayhawks come out with the same energy that Bill Self has been impressed with every game this season. Kansas is 8-1, and one, and in all nine games, whether it's Duke or Chaminade, Coach was talking about, as we heard on yesterday's show, one thing they've done is they've come out with the same energy no matter the opponent, and uh, certainly been locked in from the beginning. We saw that, of course, against Milwaukee. KU got out to that 45-15 to lead early. Kansas City, I think, is going to be a similar opponent to Milwaukee, a team that Kansas should win handily but you certainly want to come out and play well so that you can be feeling good heading into the off week and then of course the big battle with Villanova a week from tomorrow which is an 11 a.m. tip on the 21st of course on Monday's show we'll recap a Friday five we'll recap this game and then throughout the week we'll hear all sorts of content from Bill Self and KU players coach Self talked at length about Devon Dotson at his press conference yesterday he's got some great cuts that I'd love to share with you of course we'll hear post-game sound from him and the guys as well anything should anything come up regarding KU football recruiting, keep you up to date on that as well. Thanks so much for listening. Sean Kellerman signing off. Locked on Jayhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And rock chalk, Jayhawk.